This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Back for another Six Rings and Football Things podcast live from Gillette Stadium, fresh off the practice field. Day two of joint practice sessions between the Panthers and the Patriots are in the books. I'm Andy Hart, joined by a very, very special guest, another Andy. This is the Andy's show, Andy Gresh from the Midday Show on WEEI. Gresh, how the hell are you? I'm good, friend. How are you? Tremendous. It's I weird feel to like have the roles reversed. Yeah, this and, is... and we don't see each other enough, so this is good for us to catch up, spend a little time together, and talk fighting. Because day one, the wrap up on the Six Rings Pod was about fighting, and day two, I think we can continue the trend um, in general. So, in in details, real quick, of course, uh, kickoff segment. Christian Wilkerson took a big pop from his foe from a day earlier, which is Kenny Robinson. Both of those players had been ejected for fighting on day one. Kenny Robinson's covering, boom, lays out Wilkerson. I guess the Patriots players claimed they didn't have an issue with the hit, although some people thought it was sort of a mm. above and beyond the tempo of the drill. But then the fact that maybe he stood over him sort of didn't take it seriously when clearly Wilkerson's on the ground. Matthew Slater, who's as cool, calm, and collected as anyone, was ticked off. Wilkerson gets uh, taken off in a stretcher. Robinson, uh, not in a stretcher, in a cart. Robinson leaves. A few minutes later, they have another kerfluffle when Dietrich Wise hits the, the pretty boy, Christian McCaffrey, out of bounds. He throws a ball at Wise, and we get fists flying yet again. Um, and then, as, as it was a day earlier, coaches pull their teams together, I think, lay down the law, lay down the threats, whatever it is. What are your thoughts on the fighting from these two days of joint practices? Good thing, bad thing comes with the territory? I think it comes with the territory. And it's the first time that the Patriots have been in what I would say is a truly competitive situation against other humans. That they're not accountable for trying to keep healthy so they can go win football games. And, you know, preseason game number one, it was what it was. Those are guys that are out there uh, singing for their supper in some ways this one was we know bill belichick cares about it yeah and i know that you and i talked about it on air carolina kind of brought the heat a little bit and maybe a little too much and i like the way you said that the tempo of the drill yep there is 80 percent speed there's half speed there's make sure you're not cutting anybody meaning getting at their legs stay up on the ground and when you and i saw wilkerson it was like uh oh something bad just happened down there because he didn't move for a bit so uh i do think it is par for the course but i also think it's good for this team you need the moment where everybody is like oh s we got to come together, and I thought you had at least a couple of those over the past two days that will serve this team well in the end. No question. You know, the Patriots over the years have won a lot of games with an us-against-the-world mentality. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're in that area yet, but they were certainly us-against-the-Panthers mentality uh, on the practice field the last couple days. They, the players talked about it. Trent Brown and company, this was the first big test. I thought they answered it on Tuesday. You can read all the reports, listen to yesterday's podcast for Six Rings about the defense dominating and all the good things from the defense, the offense taking a step forward. Today, I thought the offense was inconsistent. Mm -hmm. I thought there was some good plays in the run game, which is needed. There haven't been enough of those early. 
I thought there were some uh, good plays in the past game. I thought, thought Nelson Aguilar made some really nice catches. He is He's an infuriating guy because you see him make these great catches on the sideline, one hand, pull it in, and you're like, yeah, but I know the stinky guy is coming out later. There's going to be the drop down the road. Wait till you have Keith on this podcast. Yeah. He'll just throw up all over you as it's, soon as you mention Nelson Aguilar. It's, it's so infuriating, and then you add the money and whatever. But I thought there were also still some of the Mac Jones plays where pressure gets to him or nobody's open down the field. I got to pull it down. I got to scramble. I got to run around. Mac Jones did speak with the media after practice and talked about the progress and things that have gone on with the offense. Do you agree with him? Yeah. Has this offense grown? Has it shown progress, at least in the last couple days? No question. And I'm of the theory that you set up the offensive line to fail to help them get better, so there was a little bit of that. And I do think there was the natural progression of, we're so used to, Andy. Like, we've sat here for 20 years, and we never had to worry about who was driving the offense, who was pushing the narrative, who was challenging everyone to get better. Like you see the reports yesterday that Aaron Rodgers publicly was hooting on his young wide receivers for May, whereas Tom Brady would freeze those dudes out. Right. But you never really worried of, oh, my God, are they going to get going? This is really the first year where you combine a new coach in there, you still have a second-year quarterback, you throw in a rookie offensive lineman, and there are wide receivers that fans think are all junk because they're not in the Madden game and, you know, ranked 80 or above. So it's, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And there is that kind of natural progression. I do think there is a tweaking of the offense. Now, everybody's doing the whole new offense thing. Okay, we've we've kind of taken some of the elements that, that, that they're used to doing, and we've tweaked them a little bit, maybe language. They didn't scrap the whole playbook to right. start over again. They were meeting in the middle somewhere, so there are going to be those moments. And when you have guys like Isaiah Wynn that are hurt, and you throw a rookie left guard in there, and you're like, Mike Onwenu, this is your job now. There's no more dangling the carrot in front of him. I think it was kind of natural that it was going to take that group some time to come together. And, oh, by the way, in the first four weeks of the regular season, get ready for some bumps in the road because they're going to have some, especially up front. So as we turn the page towards Friday night's second preseason game, I think we may have gotten some indication of what we may see. Mm -hmm. So the first preseason game last Thursday, the, the opener, nobody played who really is of any significance. And I was a little worried with how much the ones really, and the ones and the twos in the first day of joint practices went at it. There were a lot of reps. I don't know the play count, but it was a high number of plays. And I was worried, oh, Bill usually balances these out over the course of a week. Are we going to see Zappy a lot on Friday night? Well, today was the day we saw, saw more Zappy. He got plenty of reps, those opportunity guys, third-team offense, whatever you want to call it, third-team defense. So I think that's a good sign if you are hopeful of seeing maybe a little extended Mac Jones, a couple drives, whatever the number they put on it. They probably have a play number, two short drives, you know, one long drive, depending on how it all plays out. How, how intrigued or interested are you to see the starters on the field, especially off of the intensity we saw in the practice field? I am a little bit because I do think there is the espionage of, well, you really don't know what we're all about. Like, we'll give you a glimpse of maybe a rollout. Yep. You know, but what kind of rollout? Is it off of play action on a stretch play? Is it just, you know, like we used to call it the 90 protection, where if it was 98, you're going right, 99, you're going left. And yep. it's just quarterback gets the ball in a shotgun, and then it's an automatic rollout. Those I could see. 
the real in-depth, how are we going to layer it with, say, Jonu Smith in the backfield, how much zone read do we put in there, sort of the, the jet sweep motion. Yep. You know, those kind of plays I think they're going to sit on. So I think we'll see some of it. And I do think from a timing standpoint, you need to do it in a game. Even mm-hmm. if it's just the easy ones with the motion, you got to do those in the game because that will lead to next week, whenever they're in Vegas, sort of doing it out there and doing it at a much more crisper pace and speed. And then they can kind of get ready for the regular season off of that. So I think they need some of it. I just fear that there's going to be the not Moss 07 per se, right. but the we're, we're saving our good stuff for the real stuff. And you're probably right. And we did see various aspects of the quote-unquote new offense this week, the things you're talking about, the jet motions, the wide zone, the boot off the wide zone. We saw a significantly uh, number of those plays yesterday. And the one thing that I like about seeing some action maybe on Friday night is – no more can we say, well, the Panthers played at a different tempo than the Patriots or vice it. versa. No, no, no. There's a whistle. There's a snap. Play football. <laughs> no excuses. You get beat. Don't tell me, oh, I thought we were at 80% or whatever. You get knocked on your ass. You got knocked on your ass on tape. Bingo. And you deserve to get knocked on your ass, probably. We should get into a couple. You mentioned Isaiah Wynn. Still not out there. Um, that noise is probably accurate. I yeah. think that's a fair assessment. That's him getting out of the chair. <laughs> How... I have used the phrase house of cards with this offensive line because I'm not overly confident right now that this can be five guys line up, 17 games, strength of the offense, we're going to run the ball. I just think that, A, that's sustainable. It's hard to sustain for any group, never mind a group that includes Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn, two guys who have a history in the last couple of years of not being able to stay on the field consistently. Do you think that could end up being – one of those Achilles heels we look at down the road and say, yep, we should have seen that coming. Well, I, I think I'm now starting to figure out why Isaiah Wynn never got reps at guard. Because if you put him inside and then you really count on him and then you know he gets hurt, the drop-off is too big. Whereas right now, moving him from left tackle to right tackle mitigates some of that. Because you'd like to think you could patch up right tackle if you need to. But we'll see. there are a lot of people, and it's funny you say that because – I thought Ju- I think Justin Huron is very much the swing tackle, and you can survive with him. Like we go, I go back to the Pete Carroll days when Ed Ellis had to play at right tackle, yep. and Pete Carroll's line was, "Well, he survived." I think they're a little better than that. However, you're right. If it's two big injuries, you're now going to the trade market to add depth on this roster. Because look, I know they got James Ference. He's a great tryhard. He drives me nuts. He's not a guy that I think you can go win at high-level football with. So if David Andrews goes down, what are you doing? you moving Cole Strange in there? Are you putting Ference in there right away? There's going to be a drop-off. So House of Cards might be a little strong. That's what I do. But the wrong injury. Win goes down, you could probably get through it. If a guy like Andrews goes down or Trent Brown goes down, you're probably porked and have to go outside the organization to fix it. An area that I don't know if you're porked, but is still a major concern. We missed it in yesterday's podcast here on the Six Rings and Football Things. Again, this is Andy Hart talking to Andy Gresh of the Midday Show on WEEI. And so we had the retirement. I mean, excuse me, the IRing. I think it's basically a retirement from Malcolm say, Butler, but Freudian it. slip. <laughs> yep. Malcolm Butler and Joan Williams ending up on IR. Two guys who I personally, and we've talked about it with Shime and Fitzy, I thought there was a good chance Butler could be the quote-unquote surprise cut. I thought Joan Williams was out of time in New England, hasn't been able to as a second-round pick, really do anything, create a role. And so I don't think it's a huge blow, 
But I still think there's a lot of questions about that cornerback position in terms of you got Jalen Mills one. How the heck do I fill out the rest of it? And when you see that it's going to be a guy who we have all heard, oh, he's one of the best slot corners in the league, and Jonathan Jones, well, if he is, then why are you pulling him out of that spot to move him outside? Correct. Maybe it's because your two other Jones boys, the rookies in terms of Marcus and Jack, haven't necessarily stepped up yet. Yep. I think Terrence Mitchell's done a really nice job. Like, here's what I think on Mitchell. He's shown enough that they know they could keep him on the roster, yep. and it's almost like he's okay we know he's a vested veteran. He'll be able to rise to the occasion when the regular season is here. What can we do with these younger guys or sort of see how it's all going to work out? Miles Bryant's thrown himself into the mix. I think more of a special teamer than a corner, but nevertheless, he's in the rotation and he's going to get some reps. But it feels like Marcus Jones is emerging as something. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's where it might be, well, we trust Marcus Jones enough to put him in the slot to where he's playing – Eh, what, 40, 45, maybe 50% of the time? Sure. Jonathan Jones can handle the bigger load. That's why we're going to put him out there initially. Hope Jack Jones kind of comes along. There's a bit of a roster crunch, and you're going to have to count on rookies. Like, they have no choice now with the situation they're in. And Malcolm Butler is probably a back-end piece. Joan Williams, I mean, please. The, it, seriously, he, he's getting the parting gift. It's like he right. went over in the showcase showdown, and they're going to give him the parting gift of here's your money to go on IR this year instead of being embarrassed and being cut. But that might be hard, and you know this too. They're going to be searching the league. Like yep. They're going to be looking for the, the, the next Terrence Mitchell out there, the 29, 30-year-old guy with enough experience to where we can say we can plop him in here and move on from, say, Sean Wade, and we know we're going to be better for it. Let's hope no one claims Wade and get him on the practice squad. It's funny you say that. I mean, we're still a couple weeks away, even though we had this initial first minor cut down from 90 to 85, which for them was really put a couple <laughs> guys on IR and get rid of the backup punter. It's a trim. Who wasn't very good. Um, as we come down that road, there are some positions. I do think corner would be a position they'll be looking to upgrade at all times. Yep. I think linebacker is a position they are going to look at every body that comes out and says, is he better than Raekwon McMillan, Cam McGrone, whoever ends Agreed. up being in that mix. I think tackle, the offensive, the exterior part of the offensive line, if they think they can upgrade there. I would say third tight end. You know, behind, and I bearing the lead here, Hunter Henry. Well, that's a great mystery, right? Not on the practice field again, and if he's, if, if he's dealing with something that becomes extended, then this is more than look for a third tight end on the waiver wire. This is, you got a problem. Because I know you're a believer that maybe John U. Smith year two could be much better. He's going to be, yeah. Christian Fourier is all in that I was a year early with my idea that he could be a key cog in the offense and that it's going to come to fruition. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. I'm still waiting to see it. But if Hunter Henry is not the foundation of that position – you might have to go find somebody because I don't think you can go into this season with losing Mac Jones's sort of safety blanket or whatever cliche you want to throw out there and not replacing it. I'm with you. If it's a two-week injury, then Asi Asi, come on, kid, play sure. up. We kind of need you. If it's more of the we have to put him on IR for eight weeks or ten weeks and then bring him back later in the year, then you're right. They're going to have to sort of middle that somehow. And I don't know where that guy would be because here's the other thing, too. In the beautiful mind of Bill Belichick, he understands what they're doing offensively. Yep. 
does the personnel department have we married all of this together yet to where we know what the core of the offense is really going to be so that Elliot Wolf and crew can say okay I need to go get this kind of guy because there's a reason Hunter Henry's making a lot of money right pretty good player and in free agency you get overpaid I understand but you're not just going to be able to go find another one of those guys so can you figure out how to sort of get let's go to years past a Marty Bennett where Mm -hmm. He's functional. You know he's not going to soil himself, but he's also maybe not a number one. And, oh, by the way, might not cost you a lot of money. That's a very that's a very hard thing to go find in free agency, and that's why that injury, short-term, long-term, really matters with Henry. And just to, to be clear, we have really no idea there's been – I've seen no reports from any of the writers, anybody on what it could be, what it is, the timetable. He was the Yeti today. We couldn't and, see him anywhere. Right. He's not out there, so that's something that bears watching as we get into the – Last couple weeks of training camp, essentially, although training camp at Gillette Stadium is now closed. The fans will no longer be invited. I'm not sure exactly what the media schedule will be. Sometimes we have access to practices after fans are eliminated. But next week, there will be joint practices in Las Vegas with the Raiders. But that comes after Friday night's second preseason game against the Carolina Panthers, the team they fought it out with for two days on these practice fields here in Gillette. (laughs) We'll see if there's any more carryover from that, although we should mention in Mac Jones' post-practice press conference, he said he and Brian Burns are buddies now. They made up at the Pro Bowl, so oh, they're great. all good. They imagine just love that, football. Imagine the sentence you just uttered. Mac Jones and Brian Burns made up at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, there's a lot in that sentence. And I did notice, actually, Brian Burns and Matthew Judon. At one point during practice, there was an 11-on-11 drill going on. Teams were on opposite sidelines, but they were in the middle of the field behind the huddle having some sort of discussion, whatever. I don't know if they were serving as like veteran presences from the defense and saying, all right, we've done enough now. Can we not have any more fight? I don't know. Just projecting what maybe it could have been, but I thought it was interesting. They had a long conversation, but that's going to put the wraps on another Six Rings and Football Things podcast here from Gillette Stadium live after Patriots practices, two joint practices with the Panthers in the books. Friday night's preseason opener, uh, excuse me, preseason week two, but opener expected anyway for Mac Jones and the rest of the prime offensive and defensive players if you want to give us a follow on twitter it's at six rings pod if you want to shoot an email to the show and say we love andy gresh as a guest or we hate andy gresh as a guest Too more many andy's it's at it's uh, six rings at gmail six rings pod at gmail.com fitzy will be back next week i believe we'll have a post-game podcast shime will at some point, finish up all these vacation days he gets. He's the rich keef of the podcast here. Just takes yeah. off more time than God. He's got to finish up his dinner is what he's doing. And we're going to finish up this podcast. He's Andy Gresh. I'm Andy Hart. The Andes gave you everything you needed to know from joint practice action with the Panthers. Six Rings podcast in the books. Peace out.